um, where we walk each other through the one and others of the church. Uh, as always, I am Rob and here with Pastor Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful, my friend. I'm good, man. I'm looking forward to this. So this 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 episode in particular has a lot in it, right? Yeah. So I want to uh, kind of skip some of the warm-up chatter that we normally do okay. and get right to the text because we have a lot to, uh, we got a lot to work through. So, so I don't get to stretch. I got to just dive right in, <laughs> you right? You got to dive right in, my All friend. Right. We are going to look at the call Paul gives the church to have the same care for one another. So body life, we're talking about what does it look like to be a part of a local body, a church, having the same care for one another. And it goes on in the next verse. And this is all going to be in 1 Corinthians 12 today. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. So there's a care for one another, suffer together, rejoice together. So there's this, that's the calling. So I want to back up a little bit. I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, where it gives us this body part. Then we're, ta we're talking about body life, meaning church life. And yep. so here's where it starts. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. So here's his his beginning part of the conversation is there is an overall goal of being one. This is a major theme for Paul. In fact, this language of members of one body is in three or four different letters he writes to different churches. So it's a main idea for him, being one church together, one body together. And that's super foreign to American Christians today. So what do you think? Now let's get us so, started. So uh, to, to kind of go... Even in my own way of thinking, I kind of thought the one was a generic one, okay. right? For a long, long time, even yeah. till recently. And honestly, even up till this morning, does it become pinpoint more and more and more what it actually right. means? So whenever I heard one or body of Christ or anything like that, I would kind of think globally. Sure. Like Christians, right? Body of Christ or Christians. Right. But more and more uh, I learn about this, the more and more I realize that that's actually not what we're talking about here. So I do think it's very important before we even get into anything that maybe you can kind of break down the way you broke down to me, sure. uh, scripturally, what uh, we're talking about when, when we mention church and we mention stuff like that throughout the Bible in almost every verse that's mentioned. Right. So here's what we do. This is an American phenomenon. And so you're gonna have to trust me on this one if you're listening, right? Like this is not the same thing if you you know, popped into a church in, you know, Central America, right? Or in, you know, uh, you know, in the Pacific, Asian Pacific Islands or something like they have their own struggles. We have our struggles. We have this radical individualism. It's a part of being American. There's some strengths to it. There's some weaknesses to it. This is a weakness, right? And so we have this idea that we, when we come to faith, when we follow Jesus, you know, we get baptized, we hear the gospel, we do whatever, and now we're a Christian, we're following Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not doubting that. I'm saying, let's assume the person is a Christian. In America, we have this individual approach. Now the Bible calls us to these one another's. That's why we're doing this series. But we think of ourselves in relation to every believer everywhere, what theologians call the universal church, right? The every believer, past, present, and future, who is truly a believer is a part of the universal church. That's a theological term, but when we look at Scripture and it calls us to a body, or you are members of one body, he says, right? Though many 
are one body. So it is with Christ. He was not talking about every believer, past, present, future. He's talking, and again, he's writing to a local church. That's really key. He's writing to a local church about how to live in the local church. He's not writing a theological treatise about you now that you're a believer. So he clarifies this, and here's how I can, I can prove that, if you will. If everybody's like, oh, I don't know, verse 13, the very next verse, for in one spirit we were baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Now we hear that, and we think, okay, same thing, right? Well, their struggle was in the local church. Do Jews and Greeks hang out in the same local church? What about slave or free? What about male or female? Are we a part of one local body? And so the only way you can reconcile these questions, what, where is the struggle with being a Jew or a Greek in the same local church, right? Not some, like, we know that folks from Africa are Christians and folks from Asia are Christians and folks from the Americas are Christians, but it, it doesn't come until you're inside a local gathering where the rub is. Does that make yep. sense? Yep. Not only where the rub is, where the acting out is, right? Oh, for so sure. So globally, we have the same we have the same core belief, we have the same value system, so to speak. But right. the application process is is done locally. And you know, most importantly, I think what changed for me the most by by having this new uh, perspective is that uh, when we talk about there's a there's a difference there we already know this right uh, we we know this but really it stands out much more significantly when i look at my lens of or when i look through the lens of what i'm with the church and all that now that they're okay look we're not talking salvation here right right that's we're done that's that's covered now how do we actually live as christian people right, right? so like if i'm trying to think how do i live as a christian guy on a global level right. it's very individual so it, it, all those callings, what have, you know, what have we talked about? Love one another. Well, how you, you can't truly love someone on the other side of the planet. I, I mean, in a digital age, if you got to know them, maybe. But we're talking about in normal circumstances, some person you don't know. You can't forgive someone you don't know. You got to be close enough to where they can offend you. So watch this. I would say even deeper than that is, okay, cool. That's the easy part, right? But now if my perspective, my thinking is globally the way I love somebody and forgive somebody here right now in front of me is different. Sure. Right. Yeah. So if I'm thinking on the big scale, oh, you know, my, I'm, as a Christian, I need to love everybody. You know, I need, we need to love one another. We need to forgive one another. That's very generic. Like, um, right. it's very easy to get caught up with the, Hey, I'll forgive you, but I won't forget kind of attitude right. when we're thinking globally like that. But when it's right here, right now, we are in the meat of it with all of us in right. this fire together, we're trying to accomplish stuff, we're trying to do stuff, everyone's stepping on each other's toes, and, and we need to allow for a lot of grace for that, and forgiveness becomes a very right. real thing, not just a concept of Christianity. Totally, 100%. So we absolve ourselves of the hard work by, by assigning these commands to, you know, to love one another, forgive one another, as attributes. I should be a loving person. No, no, no. You're supposed to love one another, like get close enough to actually have some things go wrong, right? And yep. so you can show love like you do in a marriage or you do in a family, show love to others. So this is the call to care for, suffer with, rejoice with. So here's where he picks up. He says, so the body does not consist of one member, but of many. That's verse 14. In verse 15, he says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. 
if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. So he's saying you have these different members, right, belonging to one local church that are different. Now, if we are all the same, he's like, well, then where's the body, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. it, you have to have difference. And so you were talking earlier, you've had a lot of success at team building. How does that play in, even without yep. scripture, how does that play in in human life? <laughs> so anytime, well, I'll, I'll put it in my personal, my personal experiences. Anytime I wanted to accomplish anything, okay. I realized two things. One, I have to be honest with myself and understand what I'm good at and more honest with myself and understand what I'm not good at. And then if I truly want to succeed in something, I need to build a team accordingly. I need to fill in the gaps. I need to get people that will that are strong where I am weak because one person cannot do it alone. It takes an entire team or in this case, it takes an entire body. Right. The hand alone can't can't get out there and share God with people without the feet to move it, right? Right. Or the mouth to speak. Or the mouth yeah. to speak yeah. it. Or the eyes to see where to go, right? So in any in any case, taking it back to that corporate level, we have to uh we have to understand that maybe our role is leading, mm -hmm. but it is equally as important for the person who's doing what you, what they may think is a minuscule uh, sure. kind of a job, right? So, for example, I use the football team yeah. a lot in these kind of analogies. I say not every every I say this every Super Bowl winning team has a third string punter that never sees the field, right? And he is very important to that team's dynamic, right? Right. Uh, not everybody is a starting quarterback. Right. You got to have every role filled and you got to have depth in that role. And everybody has to come together for the commonality of the goal, set aside themselves and be committed to what they're doing right then, right there to succeed. Yep. hundred percent. So now that's true in human life, which is where we often go wrong. Well, if it makes sense logically, or if I've had success in that, well, it must be true. Well, in this case, we just left scripture to make something that is true, but that is exactly what scripture is saying, yep. right? And so this is a case where scripture is calling us to something and now football became a metaphor. So the original calling is the body not consisting of one member, but many. See, I am not the body of Christ. You are not the body of Christ. We're members of the body of Christ. And right. the body of Christ that we're members of, particularly you and I as Generations Church, we gather together and, again, so many American problems here, but we should have a, a collective mission. So many Christians today in America show up on Sundays to take from, not to participate in, right? They don't see themselves as having a collective mission. Where a football team, if you're a cowboy, which I'm a, you know, I mean, love me or hate me, Dallas Cowboys <laughs> fan, right? And so... I know you can have a great quarterback and no O-line, and his name is Tony Romo, right? So yep. now you got an O-line, that's why Dak succeeds. So, but they have a joint mission too. Their job is you know, either get the ball back and, and give it to the offense, or if they're the offense, put it in the end zone, right? They have a collective joint mission. They all know why they're there. The church doesn't have that same kind of, we have a collective purpose. And that's where being a part of the body advances that. I think uh, the problem is uh, the mentality of most Christian today is to go to church to consume, right? right. We, we, I mean, our whole society is consumption, really, here right. in America. 
And why should that be any different culturally? It shouldn't if you were going off the culture, but we're not going off culturally. Right. We're going off a calling. We're going off for a, a purpose driven thing that was told that we have to do as being followers of Jesus. Absolutely. So do you think that a bunch of uh, how many, well, let's say there's 25 people, 30 people at, really in the heat of, of a starting NFL football. Do you think putting all those alpha males together uh, in a super violent context like that, there's nobody that disagrees with another person. There's right. nobody Everybody's that gets angry loving. and there's nobody that gets even violent sometimes For in sure. that situation. Right. Yep. But they're, but the difference is they're willing to set their individualism aside to participate in that purpose. There you go. Yeah, there was a there was a since we're talking football, right? There was a play yesterday. A guy, amazing catch, runs into the end zone, and then takes off his helmet, like kind of like throws his helmet off, right? Got them penalized. They ended up losing the game because of that move, right? It was that individual, hurrah, you yeah. know, flexing in front of everybody. After like a team player, one of the announcers is like, dude, you should, you're a pro act like you do that all the time, <laughs> right? Hey, I win games just like this every day. Not a big deal. But it was that individual piece that ended up causing the team to lose. They got pushed back 15 yards. They missed the extra point that made them tie. They went into overtime. The other team scored and yep. they lost because he took off his helmet. Yep. And, 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 in actuality, he was only a part of that success. He didn't do that. He didn't even throw the ball. Right. He caught it. Right. Yeah. That's where this is. Like, we need to have a team mentality, more team mentality in church. Unfortunately, I wish I could say it this way. I wish I could look at Christians and say, hey, we need to have more of a church mentality on our team. I wish right. it was the right thing right. we did was church, but it's not. So we have to use all these outside metaphors. But that's been true for thousands of years. So Paul is saying... And I'll just read the next two verses. So if the whole body were an eye, that's your quarterback, right? Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So let me ask you this. We understand team dynamics. If there wasn't a rock star quarterback, that rock star wide receiver couldn't have caught it. And all the people that are not celebrated, the O-line, the yep. tackles, the people that blocked, the people that faked out other people so that they could get the ball, all that has to happen. Where is that in the church? And, I, and, I, and I'll go one step further for you. So we have people that are uh, third string players in the church, or we have people that do the unseen moves. The trainers. block and tackle. The right, totally. The locker room. Exactly. Yeah. So you've been successful in building teams in different circumstances, businesses, nonprofits. I mean, this is true in the Jeep world. It takes a team sometimes to climb a hill and get through a, sure. you know, a hard sure. place, right? How do you, typically, we pick the people on our team, especially because you and I typically have been leaders in those circumstances. But in the church, what we've got to learn is that God is the leader, and sometimes a team member's assigned to you. And I don't yep. think we always do good with that. Yeah, only we don't do good with it only when we focus on ourselves. Right. Right. So the key is selflessness. So hmm. um, understand. Also, we talk. We're using all these metaphors, but I learned a long time ago, especially after my accident, whole nother, I don't want to get into right. that, but one of the key things that I had to do to make sense of this world was throw myself in the study of universal truth. Mm -hmm. That's, that's God's word. Right. So when I apply something to the martial arts school, it is biblical. Sure. When I apply something to running a nonprofit, it is biblical. When I even apply something to, uh, to win a, 
a game of football in the park with my team, it is biblical. Sure, it's a biblical principle. They're yeah, all biblical yeah. principles, right? So if and, it's true, it is. Yes. And I would challenge anybody to go into the world and find anything that's successful and see how it isn't connected to the Bible because it all is all universal truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the that's life. Right. So if that's it's right. true, it is rooted in something godly. Right. So ex- We may mess it up, but if it's true, it is rooted <laughs> yeah, in something yeah, godly. So, that's good. You know, I, I use a lot of metaphors, but I want also everybody to know that. But to yeah. answer your actual question on on the uh, component of working people that we did not, let's say we not only didn't pick them, let's say we don't like them. We don't like them. Right. right? They rub us wrong like or They're, whatever. That is okay. I think it's important to understand first that that is okay to be rubbed wrong by somebody. And it is okay when you are rubbing somebody else wrong. Not deliberately. Sure. Not with bad intention. But if you're the type of personality that just doesn't mesh with with my personality, look, we're we're foolish if we think that we can get along with everybody on this planet. Right. Right. So now that that now that it's okay, there's nothing wrong here. Right. There's nothing wrong here. Right. So now we have a platform to build from. Okay. So now that I know that we are working together and we just rub each other the wrong way and it's nothing right or wrong or indifferent. Sure. It's just, that's just what it is. It's cool. Fine. We learn how to work together in the confines of that relationship. Right. And now, not that I'm selfishly intending this, but remember, we're all committed to the purpose, right? Yeah. So if we're all committed to the purpose of the church, I now can succeed at my purpose if I help you succeed at your purpose. Your role on the team. Right. Right. Yeah. I have to imagine all those big personalities on a football team have to rub each other wrong sometimes. For sure. Right? All right. So here's where we are. Verse 19, back in 1 Corinthians 12. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Here's what Paul is saying. Bar none, he's saying local church. If all were a single person or all were a single gift, where would the church be, right? The church, the body equals the church. And so if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts or many gifts or many uh, personalities or many ways to achieve the goal. Again, somebody blocks, somebody throws the ball, somebody receives, you know, somebody tackles, somebody's on defense, whatever. All of this is put together for the church. And he says, he, make, he goes one step further. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head or the feet, I have no need of you. He goes on, I'm going to skip a couple verses, but he says to, and all the way down to verse 25, he says that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. So honestly, we're a little ahead of the game. You were talking about in those personality conversations how to care for one another. So I'm going to ask you a question. Yep. How to, so I'm going to back you up to the place where, so you rub me wrong, I rub you wrong, but if I help you succeed at your purpose and I and you help me succeed at my purpose, we can kind of move forward together. So how how is that that care for one another? How does that maybe play out? So first of all, when, when, we, um, when we take our focus off of ourselves right. and place it on the greater cause, uh, two things happen. One, because we are created that way, we are created to worship God. To, right. So that means we're not created to worship ourselves. So we, we're not meant to have the focus on ourselves. So if we take the focus off ourselves, place it on the greater good or the greater calling or the greater purpose, right? not only 
for ourselves does that apply, but that applies to everybody. So when I approach the person that may rub me the wrong way, or yeah. I may rub them the wrong way, which right. is probably more likely, <laughs> um, I, I do it in the sense of uh, being separated from my own intention, right? Yeah. From I, I won't say my own intention. My intention is the purpose, but my own selfishness, right? So I that is the key to everything. And here's a great example of, let's say somebody comes to me and they say, hey, look, uh, I'm at my wit's end with my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to leave her. She's driving me crazy. Blah, 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 blah. Just for a side note, we love you, Lisa and Casey. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. All right, go. Okay. And then, and then, and then he says, what should I do? Yeah. I will say this. I will say, look, stop what you're doing. Make a, I want you to write down a list of the 10 things that your wife loves you to do for her the most. It could be flowers. It could be go to the grocery store. It could be intimacy. It could be, it could be anything, whatever it is, write it on that piece of paper. And over the next two to four weeks, I want you to complete that list. And then I want you to come back to me. They go, they do the list. They come back to me. And all of a sudden they say this, they say, look, things are great at home. I love my wife more than ever. We are getting along better. Right. All these other great things that come to that only because you realize your wife wasn't the problem. Your selfishness was so good. So when you remove the focus off yourself and place it on others by default, everything changes. Yeah. Now that may not fix someone who's had an affair, or some major catastrophe, but for the normal, and, and I think you said something uh, golden, but for the normal person, this, this should really, really transform yeah. things. Look and at the divorce rates. You think that's all for sure. It's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's selfishness, but you said this and this was gold. We were created to worship God, not ourselves. It all breaks down when we worship ourselves. So the personalities rubbing each other wrong. Typically, I, I, I want to say hundred percent of the time, maybe I'm wrong. So 99.9% of the time or when I'm focused on me, if I'm worried about how you did something and how I took it, I'm the one rubbed wrong. I'm thinking about me. Right. And that's where Paul just absolutely leans in, that there may be no division. Right. And and division comes from selfishness. Absolutely. Right. So unity breaks down when selfishness comes in. And to break that down even more, I'll say self-interest. Right. So if you look at every country, if you look, every world power throughout all time has imploded. Right. And it's imploded because of self-interest superseding the greater purpose of the country. Red flag alert. We're headed that direction. 100%. Yeah, for real. 100%. Hey, so let me say this. So 100%, right? A, a church version of that. Oh, I don't like this. Right. Right. Oh, I just put it on myself. Oh, I don't like this style of worship or I don't like this person or I don't like what, you know, Jeff said on Sunday. What, okay. So here we are. When we take it onto ourself. We get divided. There's no way I can possibly be caring for you. Like I have this physical, like I just, I know you can't see it on the podcast, but I just reach towards Rob. Like when I reach out to you, I am unifying. I'm getting closer. Yep. When I am thinking about me, like I back up, I'm getting, that's division versus harmony or unity or love or whatever. Some of the other things we've covered. And so Paul, again, takes it one step further. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Again, we're just going to keep beating this to death. But if the running back just hates the quarterback and he's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to make him. All that happens is the team suffers. Well, in the church, when the 
children's worker or the background volunteer or the elder or the, the pastor or whatever, right? When they say, hey, I'm just not, I'm not happy. It's about me. I'm going to pull back. Well, what we don't understand in the church, and there's a couple reasons for it. The first reason being, we don't see ourselves on a joint mission with the church anyways, yep. right? We're consuming. We're consuming. We're not joining a team to serve a purpose, right? We're here to, ta we're here to take. So if I don't like your music, I don't like your message. I don't like yep. the color of the carpet. Okay. Well, it's consuming. Okay. So, but when one, when we join together, we become a part of a body. When we get that in our heads, right, that we're participating in one thing, moving one direction with one goal together for a lifetime. Well, then when one member suffers, all suffer together. But when one is honored or when one rejoices, we all rejoice together. We'd be so much better that way. So there's always the example to the rule. But generally speaking, I've actually heard you say this a few times to different people. Um, if you would take Sunday morning and you would look at it like, what can I give to this Sunday morning service versus what can I get from the Sunday morning right. service? Your world would be different, right? It's like your marriage example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the the when it comes to the body, we're talking more than one. Therefore, yeah. the death of the body is the selfishness. I, 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 you know, I hate to what is the term beat a dead horse or whatever, yeah. but literally selfishness is the root. Absolutely. Of, the, uh, of all of the issues that collapse the unification of the body of Christ. Yeah. But we live in a world right now that, and we've, we've said this before, and, and, you know, I hate these phrases like, you know, live your truth. And we've created, instead of, like you said earlier, some universal things that are always true that are rooted in God, we've created like, hey, everybody can have separate truths, right? So we've just, we've completely ruined the idea of truth anyways. We also, we see our purposes as living out our selfish truths. And again, you said it earlier the best. We were created to worship God, not ourselves. Yep. We've got to get past that. So when it comes to the, you, the my truth, your truth, just in case if anybody wants understanding on that, understand that when somebody says my truth, that's their reality. Sure. That's not truth necessarily. Perception of their reality. That is reality. That's their reality. It's right. not even their perception. That's where they live. That's they're living in that, even though that doesn't align with truth. But we are called sure. to be disciplined to rec and to know God's word to the point of being able to recognize when God's word and my reality or quote unquote my truth doesn't go parallel mm. to each other, then we are to leave the track that we're on. And get on board with God. Join God's. With, and to join yeah. God's word, right? So but we don't, we expect the body, the church, the whatever to join us or to embrace us. Yeah. And we're so, we're so screwed up in this culture. So I, we're, I, we're all saying, we all know that, but gosh, we, we live it. There are physical ways to care for one another, for sure. right? That it's almost the easy part of this equation, but, but the intention is what really is the difficult part. The part, okay, how can we care for each other? Well, that means you have to lose the selfish stuff, right? That means you have to be committed to the cause more than you are yourself. That's it. So things like that, if, if we do those things by default, the physical action of the caring is the easy part. And I think it is important that we go over this, but but understand, we, we know Right. Think about the last time you gave a gift and it felt good to give somebody a gift that they yeah. really liked. Think about the last time that uh, you were given a gift 
And it felt good to get a gift uh, that, you know, but which one was better when I gave it, right? Yeah. Therefore, the universal truth of giving is better than receiving, which really is only an acting out of being selfless, mm. is true. Let me ask you a question. I don't know how to transition this, but I want you to, I have a note you wrote down. I don't know what you're going to say, so I'm just going to right. say, um, you wrote down, our bodies will compensate for an injured part, right? So how in the church will do you see us compensating when someone is when i say hurt or injured i'm assuming maybe it, it maybe they caused it maybe they didn't but let's assume for a moment they didn't cause it uh they've lost a loved one or something and so they're injured how does the how do you see the church compensating for them how, how did you wrote that note down i just want okay, to hear so, what you were thinking so that is actually twofold right so okay. the church stereotypically well in a lot of cases the bot it, let's say you uh, break let's say you blow your knee out right well your calf and your thigh and your quad and your hamstring and your ankle and your foot they all will work harder to get you where you need to go so still you'll, when you're you'll walk more on the other you'll have a limp okay but what that does in time it, it messes up your hips messes up your sure. back messes up your right so that's the bad application of the body right yeah compensating for its brokenness the proper application for the body compensating for brokenness is when we are when we care for one another when now we take that blown out knee or that burnout youth pastor and we come alongside of him and we give him help so kind of rest rehab and we give him support okay. and we and we often it's not anything bigger than just listening right sure and we listen to him and we you know we we help him become stronger so we're not going to compensate for the blown out knee by letting everybody else do the work we're going to compensate for the blown out knee by strengthening the knee again okay so rather than limping along compensating in ways that are unhealthy that's where we need to be crutches be a cast be whatever i'm, I'm using the blown out be knee physical thing, therapy. right be physical therapy be rest right yep. sometimes we need rest yep. That's really good. So here's what it says. I want to read our, our key verse today. Uh, it starts mid-sentence, but 25 and 26, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So we've played out a lot of ways that, um, whether it be you know football or a body injury or something like, how do we do this? So it, just by recap, um, one, we need to see ourselves as a part of a unit, the body, the local church, striving towards a goal, not just taking, right? That we need to see ourselves as needing a team, a body, right? In order to accomplish the goal God has given us. We need to get off ourselves, right? Worshiping ourselves or selfishness, place our focus on God and the mission God has given us. And when one is injured, rather than continuing on and i'm going to use the limp idea like yep. trying to run well injured rather the rest the rehab the you know however you're going to fix the problem yep. that gets us to the closing verse and i'll just i'll just read it now you are the body of christ and individually members of it here's what he says you're the local church you're individually members of the local church you're members of one another that you'll have this mutual care for one another They'll care for you. You'll care for them. Nobody needs to fight about caring for myself. 
but rather everybody caring for one another. Yep, absolutely. So again, if we care for one another, not worried about getting cared for, being cared for will happen by default. So, and and that's kind of the way it is with, uh, with everything that Jesus tells us. We give, and that is how we receive, right? Yeah. There's a saying that says the same hole you give through is the same hole you receive through. Yep. It's kind of that concept, right? So like if, if I'm worried about the, the greater purpose right. and not worried about myself, and the greater purpose in this case is caring for each other. If I'm worrying about caring for each other, it's only if I ever stop and think, well, why isn't anybody care for it? Boom, right. I just lost. I became selfish. But if I don't do that, and everybody's committed for caring for each other. That's called body life. That's called body yeah, life. Yeah, almost yep. like we had a plan there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was really good, man. Uh, I would say this before we wrap up. If you're listening, this is the call for you and your local church, whether you go to this church or another church, is to find that local body of Christ. Figure out what are you? Are you a hand? You're a foot? You a, you know, you're a lung? You're an eye? What are you? And the, ob the obvious metaphors, we use teams and different things, but... Where do you fit in and, and how do you start caring for the others around you? That can only possibly be done in a local church. You can't be a member of multiple bodies, right? My knee fits on my body. I got two of them. Neither one of them are great, but we need to care for them, right? And, and you know, we've got to be a part, invest in, start giving ourselves away to a local church. All right, guys. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I want to ask you to please subscribe, like, and follow along. Until next, next time, guys. Thanks for listening.